0: I'm George Lucas Pfeiffer, and you're listening to Work Inspired. This podcast brings together the top minds in commercial real estate, key influencers in architecture and design, business owners, thought leaders, technologists, and visionaries, all to explore how great work gets done. My guest today is the Senior Vice President of Advanced Innovation and Chief Science Officer at Lululemon. He's an Ironman triathlete, a doctor, and quite honestly, one of the most interesting people I've ever met. It's my great privilege to be speaking with Tom Waller. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. I know you were very busy and uh, thrilled to have you here and to uh, share some of your, your experience and insight with, with those who are listening. Thank you so much.
1: You're most welcome. It's an honor and privilege to be here. I'm looking forward to chatting with you.
0: So let's start by just talking just a little bit about your role at Lululemon. You are the SVP of Advanced Innovation and the Chief Science Officer. Talk to me a little bit about what does that role entail at uh, what a lot of people know to be an apparel company?
1: (laughs) Yes. um, It's been a a long process, uh, I think, of uh, explaining certainly what, what my long-term view was for how we could create an an innovation arm or muscle that that would position us in a really powerful place within our industry and others and i think that latter part is really the main point here which is yes we you know we are from the outside in uh, an apparel retailer Um, and you could even be more specific than that you could say we're a primarily women's, primarily yoga apparel retailer. And that would be, that would be really not acknowledging what we, what we have successfully done to uh, our industry and adjacent industries. I think that what Lululemon really is, is a, is a vessel for recognizing that people are taking their health uh, into their own hands in a very different way and that's representative of a cultural shift in health and well-being, physical and emotional and indeed social, that the brand of Lululemon really represents. And so um, whilst in the early days, when I first started at Lululemon you know, eight years ago, I was actually hired uh, to be head of product innovation and uh, you know, that's a role that i had done at other companies. And I said that, firstly, I don't think anyone, any one person should sound like or be titled to to own innovation. That doesn't seem right. I think innovation has lots of different flavors and it exists in lots of different ways across the organization. And we're all responsible for it. So what can I bring that's a little different? So we were very clear that there were these blank, white, empty spaces adjacent to our company that we probably had a right and a requirement and certainly a desire from our guests for Lululemon to be there. So I said, let's build a team that literally starts to build new things, add color, form, texture and shape to the new businesses that surround Lululemon in these things that we call the white spaces. And... And so, you know, just like a whiteboard or a white sheet of paper, that's, that's, that's where our name began. And then that's what I became the head of. And, and again, that started to become a little too restrictive, particularly as my influence in the company was transcending just the products itself. It was affecting so much of what we did You know, as a retailer in the environments that we create, uh, as an investor in the businesses that we partner with and um we had we had coined this term the science of feel," which was a recognition that most people that have some kind of Lululemon experience, whether it's an event that we put on or indeed a product that we that we build, we make people feel a certain way, and um the products or the experiences have just a very different sensory um flavor i suppose and what, what we were doing all the while was really being clear that everything that we do is not by accident. You know, We're following a model of understanding the human condition in such a way that when we build things in, on and around the body, um, we're doing that scientifically so that we can engineer things that really are ours and we can really believe in them and count on them. And so we coined the term Science of Feel and we set that free across the whole company. So no matter what part of the business you're in that's something that you have a responsibility to experiment within um and uh in that sort of recognize that my leadership of the of the organization or my my role as an executive was not to head up innovation um but but to represent that we're an originator brand and if you're not using your own science you're using someone else's um so why don't i become the chief science officer so it's bit of a long-winded way of getting around to the fact that it's just, it's a recognition of one of the ways we do we do innovation successfully is via the science that we create. And um I'm the leader of that.
0: It's very apparent when you're wearing Lululemon clothing or you're shopping in a store, the intention behind how you guys innovate, in my opinion, is Is very clear and I think the fact that you tie that into the culture of the brand you know of Lululemon as an organization I think spot on really cool approach to I think what some people would think is maybe unusual for a company in your industry so congratulations on your success so far and uh, I'm always eager to see what you guys are going to do next
1: and yeah and I hope that no organization ever um, adheres to the sort of the simple framing or the obvious framing that perhaps you know either wall street or you know media would place upon them it's you know you alone know your culture and um, it's your culture that dictates how elastic you can be with your brand you know some brands have to play within a narrower swim lane but most of us our swim lane is way wider than a then we would have others and perhaps um have us believe
0: one of the things when we first met a, a couple of years ago um I you know living in the states, and I know this was is a perception that you guys have been successful at changing since we met, but i was I did not know that you guys made apparel for men, let alone apparel for work and I was <laughs> when you told me about it, I went out and bought a pair of pants. And since then, I've bought many more and have told many of my friends to go do the same thing. So I was thrilled to see that you guys do more than just women's yoga uh, apparel. For anyone listening that doesn't know, Lululemon makes some phenomenal uh, clothing for the workplace. Let's transition over to the workplace. One of the things we've been talking about a lot on this show is how this current situation that we're dealing with globally, the COVID-19 crisis, is impacting how we work. I'm interested to know from a Lululemon perspective, be it apparel for the workplace, the workplaces that, you, uh, that your team operates in, and even the home, which I think is probably more often the place where you'd find Lululemon apparel. How are you seeing these things changing, whether it be right now in the short term or your predictions for how uh, these changes might be impacted in the long term? yeah i
1: think well we've all got a taste of something rather wonderful um despite the 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 sort of the terror i suppose or the concern that might surround why we're in this situation and that wonderful thing is acknowledging that life transitions can happen a little more elegantly and a little more easily than than sort of normal schedules would permit so working from home means that you're in a number of different contexts in one sort of place and Lululema has always thrived at understanding the 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 challenge of transitioning between contexts and designing just for that so you you want you want to you know acknowledge that you are a person of many lives, you're an athlete, you're a commuter, you're a worker, you're a parent, you're a partner, you're a, a son or a daughter, or a brother or a sister, you have lots of different roles. And, and so often, the rules of society would dictate that we have to dress and behave specifically for each of those contexts. And what we've discovered, and I think anyone that knows the brand agrees with us is that We've sort of rewritten those rules. Um, there's there's this term athleisure that's been attached, which is I guess a, a direct hybridization of the fact that athletic and leisure can come together. And we've never really acknowledged that that term as something that we think is is right or wrong, um, because we think that that's also playing a little small. It's right now we are all very very aware of what I think Lululemon had seen well the founder 20 plus years ago which is that people shouldn't have to accept the discomfort of transition because that's where we notice discomfort most and and if you can build products that enable multiple different contexts if I can wear you know and I think the yoga pant and then prior to that I would say denim was a good example as well but what the yoga pant represents is, is not just a pant that shows up in a yoga studio. You know, it's something that enables a lifestyle that fits today's society. And um, for, for men and women, the need is the same. So it's not, it's not a gender-specific need by any means. The, the acknowledgement of how sophisticated raw materials and clever design Need to come together and be positioned not as sport, but as part of someone's desire to live a healthy life. Well, then, then sort of the the kind of the formula writes itself a little bit. Yeah, we, we've been we've been very very focused on that grey area, and it's just getting increasingly less grey. I think that it's very clear to us and the world that what people are searching for is comfort in all situations you know we will move away from discomfort wherever possible that's just part of our nature and um in an environment where we're increasingly working from home and the transitions are more obvious to us and perhaps some of the rules have been slackened off you know that you don't you not have to be in an office boardroom environment so everyone i think inherently now is just feels the permission to not to have to dress for that um mm-hmm. Or, or 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 participate in that same way. So what what this situation has done is given, like I said, a taste of the freedom of of how we exist and transition and behave. And they're looking for the brands that support those those transitions the best, and we're one of them. So I think we just we were already there, and um, this this situation that we find ourselves in has has shown people that they don't have to accept some of those rules and have discovered our company and no doubt when they go back to some version of the work of before they'll probably take part of what they discovered with them
0: One of the things that I love about your brand is that it's it's pretty hands on you know you'd have classes in your what do you call your, your your Lululemon stores? I think you had a name for it.
1: The sales associates are called educators, and we have, and then we have a series of store formats, and uh, the biggest of which are called the experience stores, where, where whereby we have a, the, we've codified this sort of philosophy that we have around a way, you know, a way we've discovered of living a great life, and we call it the sweat life, where we support people's journey on how they look after themselves physically emotionally socially so it's how where people sweat grow and connect and these the larger experience stores are vessels i suppose or, or places in which you can do all of those things
0: have you had to make any adjustments uh, i mean i'm sure you have but what are some of the adjustments that you've made because a store or an experience store i love the name where you connect and sweat and probably are in a group is you know worked before the crisis and and will work again afterwards but is there anything that you guys are doing differently to keep moving the ship forward while we're supposed to all be physically distancing
1: Uh, absolutely i would say that you for the most part it's doing somewhat the obvious thing which is taking so much of our business into a digital channel that doesn't require your physical presence certainly in the meantime um, <clears throat> I don't. I don't see a world where people will live entirely digital going forward. I think it's counter to, you know, basic human need. Is we need to connect with others, uh, not via a screen, um, but actually in person, to to maintain our our you know total health and well being. So we will go back, but in the meantime, we, we we can be engineering other other means that people can come together and. We took so much of our culture uh, online. Um, we already had a really great and uh, accelerating digital e-commerce platform, and 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 that you know just like you mentioned with people discovering our men's business, you know, took that into a totally different gear. People increasingly discovering our digital business has also put that into a different gear, and you know we we I think made some. Recent announcements about some of our, our numbers in terms of our quarterly review and people have been able to see how we've been able to remain really agile and resilient in, in supporting a business that is, that, that is thriving just as much digitally as it has in our store fleet. And we, don't, we see a place where both have an equal part to play in an, in an omni environment because that's how we, the guests, the consumers, that's how we exist. I say the 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 thing that the things that we did really quickly certainly for our own people and then we expanded it to the wider guests was to make sure that all of our content, all of our support infrastructure, and that to, to be able to thrive in our culture was available online. So, all of the things that we put on in terms of the sweat classes that were you know normally available all day every day in the buildings are now av- available all day every day through a, a digital platform. Um, not just sweating, but also you know, emotional support, and we dialed up the emotional, mental well-being side of the business, knowing that people were going to be under increasing amounts of strain, existing in a, a Zoom-enabled world, and just simply with the the, the wider issue of dealing with a pandemic. So, you know, we were already in an, a loneliness and stress epidemic, and you know we just poured like a whole load of gasoline on top of it to really accelerate that. So, yeah, so acknowledging that we needed to to expand that offering was something that we had to do, and we did. Um, We did a small partnership with um, the UN. There was a program called Peace on Purpose, which took some of uh, our contribution to some amazing content that the UN had. Um, And we partnered with Insight Timer and, and put meditation. Uh, content up on their site available through ours as well and there's never a moment where we're not really acknowledging that you know we as humans we have needs and we have the capability to meet them by turning dialing up and down different parts of our business and where we see that that's successful for our own people of course we want to give that to our our wider guest community our wider community of and collective around the
0: world we were together on two different occasions with a number of business leaders. And you, on both occasions, guided us through a meditation, which was the first time I went through it was, I thought, very unique uh, and and impressive. And it's something that you, that you use with your team. You're just talking a little bit about the combination of physical and mental well-being and the support you can offer. Can you share with our listeners some of the ways that you use breathing and visualization exercises in the workplace and why you think it's worth doing so yeah
1: absolutely the i mean the 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 science is extremely well understood now and we are by no means the only company or group of people that are promoting a the tools for depending on the words that you're used to mindfulness or emotional fitness, mental health, mental well-being, what it generally boils down to is recognizing that we live most of our lives in a highly stimulated state. And the, the, the way that the body works is it actually responds very well to stress. What you need in terms of any, any environment where you apply stress is a period of time where during recovery you allow for adaptation to happen most of us do a pretty shitty job of giving ourselves time for adaptation and recovery to take place. It generally happens, you know. The superpower thing that we can all do is is to sleep. That's really the very best mode of of recovery we can do. The place where you know, stimulation is off and where adaptation takes place, and we can become fitter, stronger, you know, physically and emotionally. It's it's though very easy to supplement that, and. If you just know, I guess, some of the basics about how the human body works, you know, when we're in a stressed out state, you know, the executive cognition um, that's really driving most of what we do, we're concentrating, we're focused, we're, you know, we're, we're highly stimulated, highly aroused. That shows up as a, as a body that gradually then increases its strain. But you can just as much uh, take steps it, while you're awake um to to turn that system down not necessarily off the the most important device that you have available to you is your breath so what's what is known is if you can reduce some of the busyness of your of your thoughts so you just sort of lower the uh, the arousal state or you reduce the amount of exercise or, or or general effort that you're putting into just you know sitting still which is why that sort of cliche is you're sitting down with your Legs crossed and eyes closed. That's really about just lowering the the amount of stimulus that you're that you're under. But the but the superpower, the secret weapon, is then breath. So when you when you reduce your breathing rate to a, a much slower rate, something like six breath cycles per minute, which sounds really slow, and actually it is. What happens is your nervous system responds to that change in breathing rate by flipping from A sympathetic state which is this sort of aroused engaged nervous system state to a parasympathetic state which is where you kind of go back into a more autonomous lower arousal kind of rest and digest state and that does wonders for your overall recovery it it complements um, your sleep particularly if you don't have a great sleeping habit Meditation, I think, with all of its cliches, is is something that really does work. And when you kind of look at the nuts and bolts of it, it's really fascinating to realise that if meditation is something that you don't think is for you, well, at the very least, you can have control of your breath and you can take a moment. And all of those phrases that you know you might have heard when you were a kid, you know, take a breath, just a deep breath, one deep breath. That's it, it. It works. So we we just make sure that we introduce that. Uh, to as much of our interaction at work as we possibly can, and most meetings start with a clearing, which is an opportunity to tease out anything that might otherwise impact your away at your ability to be present. Often, we'll spend time, particularly depending on the material that we're working through, we will start with a little bit of downtime. We will do, a, you know, a group piece of quiet, a plug-in, some means of a short period, maybe only a minute of of breathing or body scanning or just something where we let land and settle into our time together that just allows us to all not bring the baggage of what we've just left into the thing that we have to do right now. And then yeah, then largely we encourage that culturally that people should take care of themselves. You know, making sure that the opposite of on is not off. You can be just as proactive in your recovery. And if you if you want to be fit and healthy and we have a number of hours in the day and we can support your ability to become fitter and healthier that means we make sure you make time to get sweaty and you know hit the mat in all different capacities inclusive of a bit of contemplation time a bit of quiet time
0: it's really powerful. I've, I mean, I think a lot of us over the last few months, especially have experienced times where some recovery and some, and taking a deep breath is probably much needed. And, you know, from that first time you let us through, and it was very short, you know, it's, I think it was a six, six second breath in and out and a a repeat. It was very simple, very short, but I've used that so many times since then. And it really does. It's amazing the impact it has not just mentally, but on how you feel like physically, you know? So I, I, I think that uh, a lot of people could benefit from just learning a couple simple breathing exercises and implementing it every time your Apple watch says, take a breath. (laughs) Um, I, uh, the other thing that I thought was, was really cool when you shared with us was the, uh, the personal team development strategy that you implement, um, it, it, you you had aspects on these cards that you shared that I don't think are quite common. You know, a lot of us are familiar with with professional development plans where we focus on career uh, and how can we perform better at work. But I think true to your culture at Lululemon, your version of this focused on the whole person. It had things about, uh, I, as, as if I can remember correctly, it had written goals and statements per- pertaining to not just professional, but personal and well-being improvement. Can you talk a little bit about these plans and, and, um, how your team has kind of been influenced or reacted to them?
1: Yeah, we have a, a very much a goals based culture. Um, not unlike the majority, if not all successful companies, I think they attract we attract goals or goals-based or driven individuals. And I'd say, you know, the culture that we really believe in and the values that we support is that, I mean, this is my words, but you're really only as good as the worst thing you do. And so if you are unbalanced, and I use that term carefully, it's not about even distribution, but if you are out of whack because you put everything that you've got into your work life and you're not getting the results that you expect. Putting more into your work life probably won't get you there. And I think it's that realization that if you look at all areas of your life, and if you if you are purposeful, then you, your success is likely to follow. And I, I I it's hard to put you put any put our finger on exactly what we all do, uh, other than the fact that it, from the very beginning we were all encouraged to set personal, professional and health-based goals. We were all supported in getting into the place where we could be so self-aware that we understand a little bit and it varies with you know how much time you spent on this planet. To a certain extent, everyone gets to a place where they through their values, can articulate a purpose, you know a feeling of why they do what they do um, in all aspects of their life. And from that place, then supporting people in the visualization of a future and then a realization that all of the things that you do right now, because you can only actually live your life today. If you are if you are not moving today through, towards the, the vision that you set for yourself, then we'll, don't be surprised if you don't hit that vision. And if you are out of whack in terms of, if you, if you are massively compromising something personally or certainly from a health point of view, then, then it's quite likely that your professional goals will be hard to, to reach. And I, I actually I kind of like to geek out on this a little bit. I've been talking to a lot of the behavioral economists on, um, on this area, and you know I've been advised, which I felt I just feel so true. there's this thing called prospect theory. And prospect theory is a, a studied human behavior where we will value what we currently have two times greater than what we could have in the future, which is this, there's this sort of natural human behavior that's interesting because it's counter to what, what a goal setter is, is therefore doing. And what it just speaks to is that it's really hard to let go of what you're used to until you can feel like your future is something that you can own now so the the kind of the geeky part of it that i think that we've done you know intuitively in a really a wonderful way is when you can visualize your whole life in the future you know you can talk about how it smells how it tastes what the textures the people that you're around the light that you can see the space that you occupy when it's when it's so clear to you we probably do a really good job of having people feel like they own it now. So we counter the challenges of prospect theory. So I, I, it's, it's, not, it's not a particularly crazy, clever or secret source. I think it's just because we so care about people achieving their goals and we don't say if your goals aren't Lululemon, we're not interested. We say we care about purpose, purposeful driven people and we want we want the best of your years while you while you choose for them to be at lululemon which means we'll support you in all aspects of your life when you can articulate what it is that you are here to be and you are all in with that then everything works you know when when life works work works when work works life works and they have to have all of your attention
0: one of the questions i ask every guest on the show is if they were mentoring someone who was looking to grow in their professional journey, what advice would you give? But I'd like to change that a little bit for you based off of what you just said. If you were mentoring someone looking to grow in their life journey, what advice would you give them?
1: I would say if you speak to every person that you respect who seemingly has it all, just acknowledge They too still waiting to see if they get found out. Guaranteed. Guaranteed that everyone is still at the mercy of of doubt. And then also ask them how they got there. You will never hear a classical path, a guarantee. So everyone got there uniquely. And that means, you know, perpetually asking, what do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? When you when you let go of what do I need to do next, and you get you become clear of really understanding who you are and, and what is the sort of the biggest, most powerful expression of who you are, you will get everything that you want. You can't live someone else's life. You can only live your own. So learn you, learn yours. Acknowledge that you'll feel doubt all of the time and be proud of the unique path that you take.
0: I love that acknowledging doubt is actually A really optimistic way to feel you know the fact that everybody's everybody's gonna have their failures everybody's gonna feel some doubt but if you recognize that and acknowledge that you can be really optimistic about your ability to move forward with purpose and achieve your goals that's awesome i
1: mean think about every pioneer in history that that it was a calculated risk that they didn't they didn't know they were just willing to deal with the consequences of failure um, and, and that's okay and, and that's, that's where the pioneers the, you know, the adventurers, the innovators the ones, I mean obviously we only remember all the great stuff and, and then we read books about all the crappy stuff, but that's the, rea- the reality is, is if, you, if doubt is your friend, you recognise that you're not going to have the luxury of certainty and zero ambiguity ambiguity and uncertainty are your friend, um, if you respect them appropriately
0: Final question, if you could recommend one resource that's been valuable to you in your career or in your life, what would you recommend to others?
1: I would say in general, do not ever stop reading and don't ever think that you've learned all that you need to learn. And for me, for me, that's about spending a life around books in all different formats. I, I've always had a mentor. I've always been a right-hand person. I think finding that position in the world is really, really important. Of the things that I've read, maybe most recently that have that have always stuck with me, and maybe the books that I always recommend, I always recommend uh, Legacy, which is a story of the New Zealand All Blacks, which is the most successful sports team on the planet and that is a, as a, a sort of a, a an acknowledgement or documentation of how they have methodically built the best and most sustainable structure for team um i mean i grew up playing rugby so i'm a little bit biased um, but i thoroughly recommend that i would say there's a book called range as well which is epstein i think the author, you can probably help me fact check these afterwards, George, the, 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 so the book, the range is a, is a, is a, is a sort of a, a challenge against the, the 10,000 hour rule, which is the 10,000 hour rule might get you really good at doing one thing in a narrow way, but actually success comes from not being a jack of all trades and master of none, but, but acknowledging that being rangy, curious outside of your area will allow you to challenge the way that you think your work or your life should be done. So I I love living in the adjacencies. And I thought range was a really wonderful way to have permission to operate in those adjacencies.
0: Excellent recommendations to two great books. Tom, I can't thank you enough for (laughs) all the incredible insight and for the time you take to to talk with me today thank you again i uh, look forward to the next time we get to meet in person and uh wish you and lululemon continued success as you move forward and continue to innovate and deliver some really exciting product and experiences for the world thank you
1: thank you and you're, you're most welcome I'm, I'm always very humbled by your leadership and it's a pleasure to be able to contribute
0: Work Inspired is brought to you by BOS, a leader in commercial working environments and a Hayworth best-in-class dealership. Experience our 360 approach and discover the team, tools, and techniques required to navigate the complexity of your next workspace at BOS.com. If you have ideas, feedback, or would like to be featured on our show, please email podcast at BOS.com. Thank you for listening. This has been a Workspace Digital production. If you're interested in launching a podcast at your organization, please email info at workspace.digital for a free consultation.